0: of of covenant, right? We've been talking about covenant a little bit. And then Edward came last week and he preached this word on faith. And uh, uh, I I love, it was great. I love that, the the faith, a faith word. Many times we go through life and, and, you know, as time goes on, we age a little bit. What happens when some people age? Well, sometimes they get facelifts. But as believers, sometimes we need a faith lift. And I felt like that was, for me, that's what that was last week. And I told Edward after, I said, we need to have part two, because I know we didn't get through everything you wanted to get through. But um, we, need to, we need to have injections of faith as we go. We, we, we can encourage ourselves, and Lord, we can grow on our faith. We can use the measure of faith that we have. And, and, and as we activate it, it grows and that sort of thing, as he shared last week. But um, it's good to have a good shot, a faith shot. It's like vitamin D, you know? You need that. Every once in a while. Right, right? Thank you, Lord. Just pull on heaven. Just just say, Lord, I want everything that you have for me today. I don't want to miss anything. I just want, I I lean into you. I lean into you. It's your presence. It's who you are. It's your nature. It's all of you that we want. And we want to be led by you. We want to be led by your presence. We We want to be accustomed we don't want to be too familiar with a God we don't know. We want to know you more. We want to know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by faith today, Lord, we, just, we, we pray to you, the Father of glory, that you would grant unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that we would know you more, that we would, that we would know you. And, and I just believe you this morning for revelation. God, that you would release revelation, revelation beyond our comprehension. That our, that our minds and our will and our emotion would, would be awakened to what's already inside of us. That, that what we carry in you, we'd have a revelation and we'd, it would be like the light would come on. As Paul prayed then, that, that, we would, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would grant unto us that, that he, would, he would come and he would reveal that through the enlightening of our hearts, that, that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light so that we could see and know the hope to which he's called us. And then that word that that Christopher had about hope being released, we just take that by faith right now. I just thank you for that. Just pull it in by faith right now in Jesus' name. Ah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. So we're talking about covenant, but the, the main purpose of me getting into the whole covenant thing wasn't to talk about covenant so much, although I felt like it was foundational for where we wanted to go, but the main purpose of what I, the reason I was sharing on covenant the last few times, couple times, was because the promise, and it was the promise to Abram that came that was so crazy and so radical, he couldn't believe it, Right? And uh, Galatians talks about this. It talks about, it, it talks about that we are joint heirs with Christ. So, and, and it also says we're Abraham's, Abraham's descendants. So the promise that Abraham on, had on his life, you can take that for the promise on your life. Just like that. like These are foundational things as a believer that you can hang on to. Now, there are individual prophetic promises, and we'll get into that a little bit today. There are individual promises that we all carry. You've got a purpose and a calling individually. I've got a purpose and calling individually. But corporately, as a believer, everything that was promised to Abraham and Sarah, we can take hold of. And so the the purpose, so I really wanted, I wanted to get our, and it's interesting, because we do need a faith lift if we're going to rise up and we're going to see the promise that God has for us, okay? So as I'm sharing this morning, I'm talking, I'm talking about the big promise that we just have as believers, but I want you to ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you and ignite in you some of the promises individually that he's given you, okay? As we're sharing all this stuff. In this, in this, the narrative of in Genesis, when the promise came, we started in Genesis chapter twelve. We went through that, and um, he, by revelation, Abraham got this, or Abram at that time, got this promise, and uh, and then he went on and and uh, says that you know everything that you you you, everyone will be blessed through you, and there's just a ridiculous amount of. Favor and promise. We said that you know he he promised you a place. He promised you a people. He promised you a a, a a a prominence or a great name. He said, "I'll make your name great. I'll I'll provide for you. I'll protect you, and I'll give you purpose." Those are just some of the things that we mentioned in passing. And um, in verse fourteen of chapter chapter thirteen, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had left him, lift up now your eyes and look at the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your posterity forever. Well, that's us too, you see, okay? And so, interesting enough, he says, lift up your eyes and take a look, see this, okay? You need to see this. What you see is what you get. I don't know if I mentioned this, but the common line that we always hear is, I've had people tell me this all the time. Well, you know, I'll believe that when I see it. Then I'll believe it, right? How many have heard that before? Yeah. Well, I'll believe that when I see it. Like, show me the proof in the pudding, and then I'll believe it, right? But that's not the way it works with God and his promises. He says this. He says, if you believe it, you'll see it. Right? Ha." It's also a season of harvest, by the way, just to put this in there. Uh, the word about the carrots, you know. <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> uh, the carrots and the harvest, the carrots that, 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 that Chris shared this morning. Um, it, is, it is a season of harvest. Well, it's always a season of harvest. Today is a day of salvation. No, no, I mean, there are, there are things that God is starting to, um, people that you've been connecting with, maybe even for years, and it's like it's time. It's time to harvest that thing. Uh, my neighbor, good, good, good neighbor, good friend, uh, going through a rough time. Spent a couple hours yesterday just talking to him, and uh, he's ripe, just so ripe. And he's discovering God, and uh, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And I'm going, ah, this is so exciting. And he's just asking all these questions and stuff, and it's so amazing to see new people discover Jesus. It's just like, ah, oh, it's amazing, you know. And so, it, but it is, it's a season of harvest. It really is. All right. Then he tells them there in verse number 17. Now he says, get up and walk through the land, the length and the breadth of it, um, for I will give it to you. So, so you see it. What you see is what you get. And then, and then he calls you to walk it out, walk through it. Before you're actually possessing the promise, he says, I want you to walk through it. And so just being obedient, just to walk through it, whatever that might look like for you, you've got to walk through it. That's, that's faith in action. Hey, let's get up and start exploring this. Let's, let's check this out, right? Okay? So we keep on reading. Um, verse number 8, the next chapter, 15, this is a big thing. He said, well, how will I know that I shall inherit it? How am I going to know? Give me something to hang on to. And God's like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to enter into a covenant with you so that you can know that you know that you know. Even though Abraham wasn't a believer at that time, when God first came to him, he knew and understood covenant. I shared that. If you haven't heard it, you can listen to it online. But he goes through this whole process of covenant. We talked about that and all these different, there's a process to covenant. And then um, in verse, or chapter 17, we didn't really get into this, but... Part of the covenant was this, was if you do this, then I will do this. If you do that, I will do that. If you do this, I will do this. There's an agreement that they made. But then when you get into chapter 17, you see something happening here where God changes Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. And he puts that, that fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet right in the middle of his name. And so what he's saying is he's saying this promise that I have for you is so crazy. You wouldn't believe it if I unpacked it. In its fullness. It would just blow your mind. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to inject myself right into your name. And that was part of the covenant process too. I mentioned that, how you take the name of the other person. and So so that's why that fifth letter, the he, was put right into Abram's name. And he became Abraham. And then Sarai became Sarah right? And so he's saying, you can't do this on your own, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put myself right in the middle of you. So it's a partnership. So you have all of me and I have all of you. You know, here's the thing. In the New Covenant, like, I, I get this. This is honorable. John the Baptist was still functioning under the Old Covenant, and so he said this. He said, I must decrease that he may increase. But when the New Covenant comes along, God says this. He says, I want all of you, and I'll give you all of me. So it's not that I want you to decrease. No, 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 no. I created you. I want all of you. I want all of you to be you, and I want all the gifts that I've put in you to fully flourish and function because we're actually one now. We're, we're one you've been grafted right in, okay? And so he's saying, he's saying, and I'm not saying that, you know, you don't walk with humility. That's just a given, but you need to realize in the new covenant, there's a oneness that takes place. So it's more than just, I'll do my part and he'll do his part. I'm in him and he's in me. He increases, I increase. You see what I'm saying? All right. Haven't even got to what I really want to share yet, but I want to, I want to... So... Here, this is kind of funny. One of the other things then, so in chapter 17, um, he may, so he gets the name change and all this kind of stuff. He will establish, uh, my, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants afterward throughout all generations, verse number 7, chapter 17, for an everlasting pledge to be God to you and your posterity after you. And uh, he goes on through this. And then he comes into this and he says, now, God said to Abraham, verse number 9, As for you, you shall therefore keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout the generations. And this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your posterity after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Nudge your neighbor and say, ouch. (laughs) And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a token or a sign of the covenant, the pledge between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male throughout your generations, whether it be born in your house or, brought, um, or bought with money from a foreigner, not your offspring. He that is born of your house and he that is bought with your money must be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And a male who is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, for he's broken my covenant." So then Abraham said to, uh, uh, and and, and then God said to Abraham, "As as for Sarai, your wife, she shall not be called Sarai, but Sarah, meaning princess, her name shall be. And I will bless her and give you a son. Yes, I will bless her and she shall be the mother of all nations. Kings and people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, he didn't say it out loud, but he fell on his face and he laughed. And he said in his heart, how shall a child be born to a man who is, who is 100 years old and Sarah, who's 99 years old, bear a son? How is this going to happen? And so, you know, the story goes on. And, but the, then, 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 when Abram tells her, you know, tells Sarah, Sarah about it, uh, what happens? She laughs too, right? And the bottom line is this in the natural, God's promises for your life and my life are laughable. You know if it's if it's God's promise, if it's laughable. It's like, what in the world? How could that ever happen? Really? <laughs> oh. And then verse 24, dear Lord Jesus help us. And Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Ah! Isn't that crazy? Now, of course, we know that the new covenant is different than that in, in terms of circumcision because uh, God said that he would actually, it's, it's a circumcision of the heart. It's a cutting away the fleshly areas of the heart, right? And it, it's like, and that's what really, we, you know, we have heard us talk about inner healing and that sort of thing. You guys were talking about it last week a little bit. Wasn't it last week you, you shared a little bit? Well, healing of the heart really is just cutting away the flesh of the heart, really is what it is, you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, thank the good Lord that, that we're not under that law anymore. Like, think about it. You're like 50 years old. You get saved. Okay, you need to go get circumcised. Ah! Really? Don't you guys find that funny? Like, seriously. And then Abraham, the, the leader of these people, he says, okay, everybody, what we're going to do, we've got a new thing that's going to happen. Here's what we're going to do. All right. <laughs> Boom. But listen, in the people, in the people that understood covenant from Abraham then onward, you get to a point where where it's so ingrained in the nature and the culture of the people that they recognize covenant so strongly that when they face an adversary or a difficult circumstance, they remind themselves of the covenant they're part of. That's why when David went out and and there was this Goliath, this giant that was standing before defying the armies of God, absolutely just defying the living God, there's no one like you. Well, he's up there and he's making sport of everybody and everyone's scared of him. And what does David do? David goes, he goes up to him. He didn't defeat the, the, the giant. I don't believe David defeated the giant with his stones, with his sling, with his whatever. I believe David defeated the giant with his covenant. What do you mean by that? David went up, and what's the first thing that he said when he saw him? He said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of God? He looked at it and he said, This guy's not circumcised, he's not under covenant. I am. I thought that was pretty powerful myself. I'm like, wow. And then, of course, he goes through and he, you know, defeats Goliath. We know the story. But, but let's pick this story up again, though, back to Abraham. So Abraham and Sarah were well advanced in years. Verse number 11. And uh, he, so Abraham had ceased being with Sarah as a young woman because she was past the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I've become aged, shall I have pleasure and delight with my husband being old also? That's just a funny statement, isn't it? You know? And um, the Lord asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too difficult or wonderful for the Lord? At the appointed season, when her delivery comes around, I will return to you and Sarah will have born a son. And I, I was reading that, and I had this thought, you know, we know this. We know that every dream and promise that God has for us, for you, in order for that thing to be birthed in you in your spirit, it comes out of intimacy. Nothing is birthed or born of God outside of intimacy. Intimacy with the Lord. Intimacy. And I was thinking about this this week. I was thinking, okay, so I... You know, my vocation is, is preaching and teaching and that sort of thing. And and I go through life, and there are seasons when it really is a discipline for me. I need to discipline myself to lean on his chest and listen to his heart. It's a discipline. And I got thinking to myself, I thought, if if I do this for a living and I preach and teach, you know, we go all over the place and do this and stuff, and if I have seasons where I'm like, man... I really need to draw in, in deeper intimacy. I need how much more do people that have the busyness of life that you know people that have jobs and they're working long hours and everything else, how much more maybe difficult is it to for, for people to, to have that? So I was speaking to myself, the Lord is speaking to my heart, but I want to put it out there for you. Whether you've heard a thousand messages on intimacy or you've, you've all you all you know you've heard about this intimacy thing over and over and over again, I'm here to tell you nothing comes from God. Nothing is born out of your spirit from God outside of intimacy. And the interesting thing here with, with Abraham was it was birthed out in him in intimacy even after the days of intimacy were long past. So you may be here this morning and you might feel like, you know, I, I don't really sense the nearness of God. I, I'm not, I know that I haven't been walking in an intimate relationship with him like you're talking about even though you feel that you may not be in that place just like these guys were 9900 years old he's saying no 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 just come right back to that place just come right back in it's all good and supernaturally god did something to sarah who was barren which was a curse seen as a curse in that day sarah sarai and then she became sarah she was like she it was like long after that season that ship done sailed she came back to a place of intimacy, and God did the miraculous and boom, she conceived now this that 's not even where I want to go today I'm, I'm just those are just some little uh, little you know benefits to this teaching or you know little extras. It, it, read it later. you can read Galatians chapter three verse twenty nine I believe it is where it talks that, that we 're heirs of the promise, so i 'm an heir, and what is an heir? An heir is someone who is who has um, been bequeathed something through, you know, in in the person's will, whether it's they're born into the family, so they're automatically, they're an heir because they're part of that family. So what my grandma had, she passes it to, you know, my mom, and then my mom passes it, goes down like this. But the beautiful thing about inheritance is we inherit things that we didn't pay for. We inherit things that we didn't work for. We sometimes inherit things that we didn't even deserve. But that's why that's why belonging and being a son, being a daughter is so huge in God's eyes regarding covenant. Because he's saying you have to learn how to receive your inheritance. As an orphan... A heart of an orphan is to say, I need to work for that. Well, I, I can't really receive that. If you have a hard time receiving, someone wants to bless you, and I'm preaching to the choir here. I love blessing people and, you know, buying meals and paying for things and doing that kind of stuff. And then I'm out with Eric, and Eric says, no, man, I'm getting this. I'm like, he's like, just shut up and receive already, you know? I'm like, yeah, okay, I receive. I, but sometimes it's harder to receive. And then I'm like, huh, I know it's more, we're more blessed to give than receive, but we got to learn how to receive the inheritance. So, all right. Now, here's the fun part. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the fun part. Let's go to um, chapter 22. <laughs> so the fun part is in chapter 22. And after these events, God tested and proved Abraham, and he said to Abraham, uh, he tested and and, and said to Abraham, and he said, so Abraham said, what did Abraham say there when God called to him? In chapter 22, verse 1, what did he say? Here Here I am. That is absolutely the key right there. That is a huge key to unlock covenant promise right there right there. Here I am. You've heard me say it at nauseum, but I'll say it again. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Here I am. And so God, God's going to test him. And, and Abraham doesn't even know that there's a testing coming. And some things are going to get real, real quick. And he comes to him and he says, Abraham, here I am. I'm here. I'm like, I'm giving you my yes, even before I know what you're going to ask me to do. You have my yes. I'm here. I'm available. Okay. What are we doing? But the while we'll we'll read it out then. And God said, "Now take your son, your only son, Isaac." What does the word "What does Isaac mean?" Laughter. Laughter. Isn't that funny? So not only do the parents laugh because of the natural circumstances, and the promise was a promise to laugh at, then they name the child laughter. Like it's just so so colorful, I think. So we see this here. He says, Take your only son whom you love and go to the region of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Whoa. Wait a minute. You don't see this here. All you see is Abraham saying, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and then he began the trip to the place of which God had told him. And the first thing is, I I just want to lay out a few things here. I don't know how many points. Let's do five, maybe. Let's do five points today, okay? All right? Grace, grace, grace. All right, good. Five points today. The first thing is, is this. If you're, going to, if you're going to fulfill what God has for you, promise during testing, during, during you know, blessing, whatever the case is, the first thing, you've got to sense his lead. You've got to sense Holy Spirit. You've got to sense what he's saying. Where am I going? What am I doing? It's interesting. It says here, it says that he was ready, and then it says, go to the region of Moriah and offer him there on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. He doesn't have the whole picture, does he? He says, just get up and start moving, and I'll show you as you get closer. Well, Lord, I'll do that. I'll, I'll step out when you, when you show me what I'm supposed to step into or what it's going to look like or how I'm going to get there, how things are going to work out. Then I'll, then I'll do it. No, 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 no. He said, I'm just going gonna, gonna to saddle my donkey early in the morning, and we're going to start moving to the direction I know a region, I know the region of where we 're going i don 't know which mountain it is i don 't know what it's going to look like yet, but i 'm just going to be obedient the key another key to to really really stepping into god 's promise is to say lord I, I sense holy Spirit saying this i'm going i 'm going to go here i 'm just going to do this and you, and you just it's that walk by faith isn't it so that 's the first thing. nudge your neighbor and say, Sense holy Spirit, all right. you got to read this in the King James, though. It's the best. It's just funny. I find it funny. We'll get to that later. So it says this. So on the third day, verse number four, Abraham looked up in the distance and saw the place in the distance. On the third day. So he's traveling, he's traveling, he's traveling, he's traveling, he's traveling. And then he saw the place. He was obedient. He was sensing where God was leading, and then he said this, verse number five, then Abraham said to his servants, now, I'm going to switch to King James, okay, in this verse here, you can read it in your Bible, but verse number five, he says, he says to his servants, he says, abide ye here with the ass, me and the boy are going yonder to worship. And then he says, though, but we're going to come back again. We are going to come back again. So what's he thinking in his head then if he says we are going to come back again and it's a burnt sacrifice? What's he thinking? Somehow deep down in his heart, he knows that he has a covenant with Almighty God. So he knows that death can't even separate him from the promise. He knows that deep down inside, no matter what happens, this is mine because I'm in covenant with God. I know that I know that I know that I know. His promise is mine. Even if he says, lay the promise down, it's going to come back. (laughs) And so he said, Abide ye here with the ass. We are going to worship. In order for you to inherit the promise that God has for you, sometimes you need to tell people, you stay with the asses and the masses, I'm going to worship. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this, okay, so hear me out. Okay, so when I talk about this for the next few minutes, um... Don't read into what I'm going to say, all right? Because I know, and I say this to those that are a church family here, at Catch the Fire Winnipeg, some people have transitioned and moved out and moved on and stuff. What I'm going to say has nothing to do with that, all right? You understand me? All right? You okay with that? If you're not okay with that, I'm just telling you straight up, I'm not talking about, so don't sit here and think, oh, is he talking about that person? Is he talking. That's not what I'm doing. But my point is this. Sometimes, you, you, number one, you need to sense Holy Spirit's leading Number two is sometimes there's got to be a separation. P- case in point: Yesterday, I'm sharing with my neighbor, and um, he started talking to me about friends. And he said, "He said, man, he said this talk that we're having. He said I-, I would love to just talk like this all the time. I would love to just engage in conversation like this." He said, "But, but." Previously, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't free to do that. It was like my friend groups, the people that I was with. It was like we would always do the same thing. It was like we're in our twenties and thirties now, and they're still acting like eighteen-year-olds. I don't want that anymore. And I thought of this right here. There's a time, sometimes in your life, for you to fulfill the promise and destiny of God, where you got to say, "I need separation. I, I need. I'm going to worship." Jesus said it like this. He said, unless you, unless you hate your mother and father and your family and your friends and all this kind of stuff, you, you can't follow me. You can't be my disciple. Well, what was he saying by that? Was he saying you should just cut off all your family? That's not what he was saying. But what he was saying was, your devotion and passion for me should be so strong that it would look like you hate those that you really dearly love. That's the contrast that he's saying, you see? So is my passion and devotion for the Lord and what he has for me, what does that look like in my own family? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I love my kids. I love my wife. But my passion for the Lord needs to be at a level that would make this love look like hatred. (laughs) Just some light, light words, you know, Jesus. Well, thanks, Jesus, you know. Separation. Nudge your neighbor and say, What's he calling you to separate from? (laughs) Separation. And he saw it as here's the thing. When When you're in covenant and you know God's promises are for you, they're yes and amen. He might ask you for some difficult things, there might be seasons of testing. He didn't see it as a test, he saw the test as worship. Wow. (laughs) That's why worship and battle and victory are so connected. Send out the worshipers. Send out the worshipers before the army. Uh, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the overthrowing of strongholds. Worship. My whole life, just worship, worship, worship. Not just standing at the front of a church raising hands. Just your life. Worship. Just worship. Just worship. Everything in life. Worship. Just worship. Ha! You might be facing the biggest test in your life that's a key to unlock your destiny. But it's just worship. so much more could be said about that, but we, we're not going to. So that's that one there. Then he goes out, takes the burnt offering, laid it on the shoulders of Isaac, his son, verse 6. He took the fire in the fire pot. He took his own hand, the knife. And the two of them went together. And they went up, and uh, Isaac said to his dad, he said, you know, dad, he says, I'm here. What do you want to say? He says, well, I see that there's fire, there's wood, but where's the lamb? See, now this is really getting real. Some say that Isaac would have been, could, could have been 19 years old at this time. But. And what is, what is his... What is his, his uh, What does Abraham say? Verse number eight. Abraham said, my son, God himself will provide the lamb. The beautiful picture with this whole story is we know it's prophetic about, you know, Jesus and that whole thing, right? But when God brings this you know, the, the, the testing. We're all going to get tested. The beautiful thing about God is you get rewrites. You don't, you don't get 70% and you go on to the next thing. It's just pass or fail. You pass the test or you fail the test. And if you fail the test, he says, okay, we'll just do it again. And uh, so he's in the middle of this testing and he's got to give up the one thing that he, the, the, the only thing He's supposed to give up this promise. He's supposed to give up this destiny. He's saying, "I'm just going to lay it down." And then, when 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 you know the person that is the destiny says, "Okay, wait a minute, Dad, everything looks good except where's the where's the lamb? Where's the offering?" And uh, Abraham doesn't look at him and say, "Well, actually, son, you're it. You're done today. You're done." You know, he looks at him and he says, "The Lord will provide. God's going to provide." Just like that. Just like we're going to worship. That's a good one right there. When you worship, God will provide. If you see things as worship, you live a life of worship, God will provide. So so the third thing there is, is this. You know, we talked about sensing Holy Spirit. We talked about um, separation. Then the third thing is Sacrifice. And to fulfill and walk in fulfillment of destiny, there's, there's going to be sacrifice. There's, there's going to be sacrifice. God's going to call you to lay some stuff down, right? And uh, sacrifice. You can't really get, you can't get around it. It's just there. Verse number 9, it says, When they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there, and he laid the wood in order. Now he, bound, he, he binds Isaac. He bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar on the wood. So what's he doing here? God has a promise. He's in covenant. He believes God at everything he says. He even told the guys, you stay here with the donkeys. We're going to go worship, but we'll come back to you. He still doesn't know what's going to happen, but he knows in his heart something that he doesn't know in his head. That's a lot of times how God works. That's why we need revelation, because the Spirit of God brings revelation what he's put in our hearts so we can understand in our heads, you see? And so he goes up there and, uh, and he goes like this and he says, well, I know that I have to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build some, an altar. I'm going to put some wood on it. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to set this up here. I'm going to set this up because I know it's always connected to the promise. So he puts the stones there. He builds an altar and he puts the wood on and he, and he, and he sets everything up and then he binds his son What's he doing here? This is the, what are we on, number what? Number, number, number four, the fourth thing out of five. He sets his stage. So my question for you is, in your life, in the promise that God has for you, what are you doing now to set the stage for God to do what he wants to do in you? Well, I feel called to this. I feel called. I feel like God's called me. He's going to do this through me. He's going to do that. I always pick on the people that, you know, are called to be evangelists. You know, we'll just use that as an example. I really feel God showed me. I'm going to be preaching in stadiums, and I'm going I'm to, you know, have masses, and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, I really felt like God said, I'm going to have evangelism. I'm going to travel the world and all this kind of stuff. I really feel that. I, I just sense that in my heart. And uh, that's what God's called me to do. Well, what are you doing now? To set your stage for what God wants to take you into. What are you doing now that would, that would set you up for the fire and for the breakthrough and for all that good stuff? What are we doing now? How about we start by just, if you're called to be an evangelist, well then start with people at work. Eh? Well, let's just break it down even simpler than that. I'm called to be a king's kid. I'm called to be a son. Well, what does that look like? Well, just start living like a son. Set your stage. Go for it. Put the things together that God's put in front of you. Get it ready to go. So that when the time comes, you're ready to go. You know, you've heard me say it like this, you know, live ready so you don't have to get ready. Right? There was a season when... um, I think I shared this just recently, but I would carry my passport in my pocket. I read the, I read the, uh, I read the, um, uh, now it's usually my briefcase, but I read the story of Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch when Philip was teleported then, right? And I've heard stories of this. You've probably heard them too. There, there are many stories. People that were, that, that God took and and uh, called them to do something and all of a sudden it was like, the one in particular was where it had happened... Quite frequently, where people would go in uh, to a situation, they'd feel God called them to this. One example was a guy that felt called to do missions in China. So went in and and, um, was just praying into this thing. God was speaking about China and China and went into the bathroom and was going to use the bathroom. And boom, like that, when he walked out of the bathroom, he was in China. You know, I, I shared the story of my friend, uh, uh, my friend who um, went and preached in China, but had never been there before. Remember that story? How funny was that? I'll just share it quickly again. Um, basically, this guy in BC, never been to China before in ministry, and uh, his wife was scheduled to go to China on a ministry trip. So, One day in in, in their home church in BC, he's standing at the back of the church and in worship and he just senses something happening in his heart and he's praying for things and doing whatever. But he just senses like, like, whoa, something's going on here. I just don't know what's going on, but something's going on. And in that moment like that, something happened. He didn't realize it, but something happened. Uh, Their service went on. They finished up. That was it. Three months later, his wife went to China and, uh, meets these people in China. She'd never been there either. She says, uh, this person comes up and says, thank you so much for allowing your husband to come and minister to us. And, uh, and she said, well, my, my, my husband didn't, he hasn't been to China before. She goes, yeah, he was here. And she pulled a picture out of her Bible with her and her husband in China. <laughs> See, signs and wonders... Some signs make you wonder, right? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, so I put, I, 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 so for me and my own thing was, I, I read that and I thought, listen, if that happens to me, because I believe it can all happen, I'm, I'm excited for it when it does happen, so what am I going to do to set my stage, to live ready so I don't have to get ready? I felt the Lord speak to me and said, if you really believe that, keep your passport in your pocket, because you never know where you might show up. passport got wrinkled up and everything else and several of them actually as years went on and stuff and hand them to the the uh, customs guy border patrol looks at it he goes what happened to this oh it's just a little worn yeah you know because i'm always sitting on it right you know anyway my point is this what are you doing abraham had this here he set his stage he set his stage for what god was calling him to What's God calling you to? To set your stage. Get things ready in your life right now so that God can do what he wants to do through you. It's availability. It's, just, it's, it's sensing his spirit. Sensing his direction. You know, it's separation. It's sacrifice. It's setting your stage. And then the last one here, we'll close with this. But it says there, it says, he came to the place, he set the stage, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11, but, somebody say but. but, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And what's his answer? The same as it was before. Here I am. I'm here. Yeah, I'm right here. I ain't going nowhere. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or anything to him. For I know now that you fear and revere God since you have not withheld Uh, since you have not held back from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and glanced around, and behold, there was a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering, an ascending sacrifice instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And it's said to this day on the Mount And the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Wow. And then he goes on, and as he walks in the obedience, in verse sixteen, he says, "I now that I've." The angel of the Lord calls him again, says, "Now that I've seen that you haven't withheld your son, and you've done it, and not withheld him from me," he says this, verse number seventeen. In blessing, I will bless you, and in multiplying, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heavens and the season and the seas, sand on the seashore. And your seed, or your heir, will possess the gate of his enemies. See, there's that promise. You'll possess the gate of your enemies. That's why Jesus said, Peter, upon your confession, upon your revelation of me being the Messiah, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Remember, if you controlled the gate, you controlled everything. It's a place of authority, government, everything, the whole deal. Well, that's where that, the promise came right there. And Jesus reminded Peter of it and all the crew there. That you're going to possess the gates of your enemies. You're going you're to own, own everything. So the last thing is this, though. In this situation here, so you see... He's got the knife extended. He's ready to come down like this. In that moment, he says, stop, 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 stop. And at that time, he had a choice to make. Am I going to just keep doing this because it's the last thing God said for me to do? Or am I going to shift? Nudge your neighbor and say, shift. Shift! Shift. Whoa! That seemed like it was at a left field. But that's that's what he told me to do. And so if you can learn to walk since Holy Spirit is leading, is guiding, you know, you, you, there, there's separation, there's sacrifice, there's setting your stage, you get to the point where the, there are times when you just need to shift. It's when shift happens. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, did he really say that? Did he, did he really say that? He really said that. Mm-hmm. And because he shifted, because he shifted, it was like, it was like ah, whoa, 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 whoa. Because he shifted, then he saw, and he saw the, the, the provision, you see? Yeah. This message is brought to you by the letter S. Remember Sesame Street? Anyone? Want to buy an S? <laughs> S- uh, some of y'all don't remember Sesame Street, but you might, Jack. You might be able to YouTube it and see it on there. I don't know, but anyway, do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy an S? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we stand to our feet? And uh, I don't know where you are this morning in in terms of. You know, are you in a season of testing? Are you in a season of trying to figure out the promise? Are you in a season of, you know, where are you at? But um, I think all those things. There, I think it's it always it behooves us to always try to follow the Lord's leading. Yeah, sensing what the Holy Spirit's saying to do, sensing where He's directing us, where He's where He's leading us. Right. I think it always. It also. It's it's important that. We do that very thing. It's like, I'm going to sense your direction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move in your direction, Holy Spirit. And um, no matter what it looks like, I want to fulfill this promise. I know it's your promise. I'm under covenant with you. And I'm going to go here and then, yeah, you know what? There needs to be a separation because I'm going into something that's worship for me, but you're going to think I'm crazy. So maybe you're you shouldn't be involved in this one at this point in time. I'm going to step into this and I'm going to keep going. And so you go in and you separate and then you get up there. What are we going to do? Well, once we've come this far, well, let's just, why don't we we start preparing ourselves? Why don't we set the stage so that it's prepared for what God wants to do, even though I don't understand it right now, you know? Why don't we set that up, get some things in motion? What am I doing with what I have? What do I have in my hand? I'm gonna set that up. Sacrifice. What am I giving up? Then shift. Get ready to shift. Huh.